What's happening, everybody? On today's show, some early week one college football betting lines are out. We'll run through those. And 24-7 Sports ranks the most grueling schedules for the upcoming seasons. Uh, season. We'll tell you which SEC teams made the list. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And shout out to our everydayers. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start with some college football betting lines coming out for week one of the SEC this week. Vegas putting out some more lines from the SEC week one games, uh, including week zero. Now, you can find a lot of these up at FanDuel, some other sports books putting out some other ones as well. But we're going to give you the uh, start with the ones from FanDuel. Uh, Vanderbilt, right around an 18-point favorite week zero against Hawaii. So, look, <laughs> Vanderbilt minus 18 against anybody feels like a uh, one I wouldn't be willing to take. No offense against Vanderbilt. I know Hawaii was terrible last year. They're going through a transition. But, man, that feels like one you want to jump on Hawaii just for the value play. Vanderbilt beating anybody by close to 20 points just doesn't seem like one I'd be jumping all over. But that is the uh, week zero. And we get into week one and really three of the games, three of the big games that weekend. Kind of interesting. Two underdogs for the SEC. The first one is Florida at Utah. And look, I know Florida had a rough go in Billy Napier's year one. Obviously, Anthony Richardson was one of the few bright spots. He's now gone, went top five in the NFL draft. But Florida, nine-point road underdog at Utah. Cameron Rising, the quarterback from Utah, he's back. Um, of course, the, you know they got to the Pac-12 title game last year and looked really good doing it. Uh, I know Rising had an off-season surgery, so you know there's some questions on whether he'd be ready to go for that game. But Florida, man, nine-point underdog on the road. Part of me thinks that's a value play. We're going to take Florida plus a nine. Again, this is very early looking ahead. But kind of like the points there, South Carolina versus North Carolina, they're doing that neutral field, you know, start of the season game, I believe it's in Charlotte. South Carolina, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Spencer Rattler is sitting there going, I came back for this to be an underdog to North Carolina and Mac Brown. Now, they do have Drake May, who a lot of people are expecting is going to be, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in next year's draft. But goodness, if the uh, disrespect wasn't enough, Spencer Rattler, go out there and show what you can do with Juice Wells back. Shane Beamer going to have that bunch ready to go. We'll see. Um, I kind of like South Carolina, uh, plus the one and a half there. And then LSU at Florida State. This is one I, I'm, I'm going to go back and forth on all summer. Look, LSU brings back a lot. Year two of Brian Kelly, you know, exceeded expectations in year one. But Florida State is bringing back a lot as well. They bring back their quarterback, Jordan Travis. And 
They've killed it in the transfer portal. LSU's done well in the transfer portal as well, but Florida State has added a lot of four- or five-star talent through the portal. That's one I'll keep going back and forth on. I know it's neutral field in Orlando, so technically it's at Florida State. They were in the Superdome last year. We know LSU missed the extra point. You know, as time expired and lost by a point. Um, I'll go Florida State plus the one and a half right now, but that's one I'll go back and forth on throughout the summer. Some other ones... You can find out there Vegas lines. They've got uh, Texas A&M minus 37 and a half against New Mexico. Again, we don't know what A&M is going to look like just yet. Alabama minus 37 against Middle Tennessee. That one feels, even though we don't know who Alabama's quarterback is, feels like they may cover that. Tennessee minus 27 against Virginia. I know Virginia's been down, but uh, you know Tennessee, you lose Hendon Hooker, you lose Cedric Tillman, you lose all these pieces. Joe Milton, we expect him to be good, but... See a four touchdown favorite, uh, four touchdowns better than Virginia. That one seems like a lot. Kentucky minus twenty six against Ball State. Again, another one working in Devin Leary, the transfer quarterback. How quickly does Kentucky hit the ground running? They should beat Ball State, but by twenty six seems like a lot. Auburn minus thirty nine and a half against UMass. Again, I know UMass stinks, but thirty nine and a half points for a team that, again, don't know if Peyton Thorne is going to be the guy at quarterback. They've added tons of weapons through the transfer portal. So we'll see on that one. And then the other one's uh, Tennessee Martin against Georgia. That one's off uh, the, the board. South Carolina uh, or South Dakota, Missouri's off the board. Alabama A&M Vandy in week one is off the board. Western Carolina, Arkansas. Southeastern against Mississippi State. And Mercer against Ole Miss. All those are unlisted. So there you have it. All right, let's uh, get into some other nuggets going on around the conference. In the transfer portal, Vanderbilt. Clark Lee adding a piece in the portal on Monday. Notre Dame transfer linebacker Prince Colley, a former four-star recruit, the number three player out of Tennessee in the class of 2021. He is going to play for the Commodores. Six foot one, 228 pounds. He had 13 tackles as a true freshman in 2021. Had 19 tackles and one and a half sacks last year at Notre Dame. So keep a name, keep an eye on that name. Prince Colley, linebacker from Notre Dame, going to Vanderbilt. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze adding a piece in a cornerback from New Mexico State, Cyrus Dumas. I'm going to assume he's not Cajun and it's not Dumas or Duma. Uh, but anyway, Cyrus Dumas uh, coming to Auburn. He is uh, he had previously committed to UTSA, uh, leaving New Mexico State. Has two years of eligibility left. Spent two years in New Mexico State. And had 83 tackles, eight tackles for a loss, four interceptions, 15 pass breakups. He's a uh, Columbus, Mississippi native. So uh, previously played at a community college in Kansas. Played all 13 games at New Mexico State. Started 12 of them. So a good pickup, good experience there at defensive back for Hugh Freeze and company. Solid pickup for them. In recruiting news, Ole Miss picking up a commitment this week. A 2024 defensive lineman named Cameron Beavers. Four-star recruit, six foot three, three hundred five pounds. He's a Mississippi native, and uh, put out a message said, "I want to thank my family and friends for making me who I am today. Thanks to Ole Miss for giving me a chance to succeed in life, not just football." He's the number seventeen defensive line prospect and the number four prospect out of the state of Mississippi. So, big pickup there for Lane Kiffin. They had also uh, picked up Patrick Broomfield, a three-star corner in the, this class. So. Uh, Solid recruiting class building, particularly on the defensive side for Ole Miss and Pete Golding. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, they picked up a commitment this week in 2024 defensive lineman Jeremiah Beeman 
four-star D lineman, rated the number 13 defensive lineman, number seven prospect from the state of Alabama, six foot four, 265 pounds. And that gives Bama now seven commitments for the 2024 class. Over at Georgia, Kirby Smart adding another tight end to the group. Three-star tight end out of the state of Florida, Colton Heinrich. He wrote on social media, blessed to join the dog nation. How about them dogs? Rated the number 30 tight end in the country in the class of 2024. The number 93 player from the state of Florida. Uh, He is heading to Georgia. And one more note back to Bama real quick. Kevin Steele. Of course, uh, coming back to Alabama as their defensive coordinator this year. His first stop was back in 2007 as defensive coordinator, and it's had a number of stops throughout the SEC. But uh, Kevin Steele talking about uh, what drew him back to Alabama. He said, look, the process, the plan that Nick Saban has, the way he implements that plan is second to none. He does it better than arguably anybody who's ever done it. And uh, went on to say, decide, excited for the season, excited to see what his defense can do. And... Uh, Alabama fans are very excited. They think Kevin Steele is going to get back to that aggressive, get-after-it, blitz-from-every-angle uh, defense. And we saw a little glimpse of that in the spring game. So we'll see if um, if they kind of get back to that. It's not to say Pete Golding's defenses were bad at Alabama. They just weren't dominant. And that's what Alabama fans have come so accustomed to, and that's what they want to see there. So there you have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. When we return, we'll get to those schedules. Who's got the toughest draw this year, according to 24-7 Sports? We will get to that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel throughout these NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So, uh, obviously, we're winding down here. We got uh, two series, you know, hopefully getting ready to conclude. We'll be heading into the NBA Finals and plenty of action to get in on, including those college football future bets, the the early week one lines that are out there. They've got those up right now at FanDuel.com. There's no better place to get in on all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOnFanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are... here locked on sec thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day every day is tomorrow on the show we'll be talking more on the transfer portal and of course starting to look ahead to sec spring meetings in destin just a week away so we got plenty to get into and uh make sure you're checking us out tomorrow all right let's jump back into it 24 7 sports they put out their college football's most grueling schedules this season and ranked them and look there's some sec teams making this list so here's what they wrote at 24 7 sports they said before you lock in on your dark horse college football playoff predictions this year take a closer look at the schedules the big 10 produced two playoff teams last year and the sec only won, but the sec won the national championship four consecutive seasons including back-to-back titles from Georgia. Ironically, the Bulldogs, they have a cakewalk this year, but look at some of the other schedules. So they ran through the 12 most grueling schedules 
across the college football landscape. And first up, they've got the Tennessee Volunteers coming in at number 12. They say the Volunteers leave the state of Tennessee only once prior to their week six bye week. One non-conference tilt of note comes against Jeff Trailer and UTSA. It's a very good team in UTSA. Program that's been on the rise. And they come to Neyland Stadium looking for an upset. Tennessee will likely be a favorite in two of their four road games, depending on where Kentucky is, replacing Will Levis. Um, but Tennessee draws Alabama and Texas A&M from the west, and that's pretty brutal. So they've got Tennessee with the 12th toughest schedule across college football. Coming in at number nine on this list, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, Arkansas, the last couple of years, they've had – you know, the number one or number two toughest schedule in the country. So it actually is a little bit of a break for the Hogs coming in with the ninth toughest schedule. But here's what 24-7 Sports says. They say with trips to LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida, the Razorbacks' road schedule is daunting. Their non-conference slate, which should be four wins, but BYU could be a tough out. And Kent State, which has not been afraid of scheduling big. Remember, they played Georgia tough last season. The Golden Flashes played Washington and Oklahoma. So we will see uh, what they are, are able to do against Arkansas. They say Arkansas opens SEC play in September at LSU and then has to go to Alabama and Florida later. This isn't the Razorbacks' toughest schedule under Sam Pittman, but it still remains pretty darn tough. The number seven toughest schedule in all of college football, they've got the Auburn Tigers. 24-7 Sports says, Welcome back to the SEC, Hugh Freeze. Auburn has a strong chance to be 3-0 when SEC play begins in College Station, but there's the double whammy of Georgia and LSU right after that. That could be a quick three-game losing streak for the Tigers against a trio of opponents who are each expected to field more talented rosters this year. How quickly can Hugh Freeze implement his offense on the Plains, and does he have that quarterback to facilitate it? Those are questions Auburn is trying to answer. Look, I'm a little bit more optimistic on Auburn. I, I think you know, LSU and Ole Miss, I think those are winnable games for Auburn if everything is clicking and the offense is gelling. But that's what we just don't know. How quickly does Peyton Thorne hit the ground running? Kid has got a lot of experience playing many games at Michigan State. We'll see. Coming at number five on their schedule of t- or toughest schedule list, it's the Florida Gators. So what happens pre-Halloween onward determines Billy Napier's year two success, beginning with the Georgia game followed by Arkansas and Gainesville, and a trip to LSU in consecutive weeks. You're talking about the Gators playing three of the SEC's most physical teams at the line of scrimmage down the stretch with no breathing room. Prior to that stretch, Florida takes on three teams who will likely all be ranked in Utah, Tennessee, and Kentucky. It's a brutal schedule. And by the way, the Gators are heading into this with a thin quarterback room and depth questions at other positions. I think Florida's just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Better defense. Austin Armstrong seems to uh, seems like he's gotten that defense or getting it turned around. So we'll see. But I agree. Florida's got a really, really tough schedule. That's why I'm saying, you know, I think they can at least get the six wins. Some of the Vegas lines have Florida five, five and a half wins. It just seems low. It's a proud program. If they win five games this year, Billy Napier's getting fired. That's just the reality of it. I don't think they will. Though. I think they'll six, seven wins is doable for Florida. Coming in at number two. On the toughest schedule list, I got the South Carolina Gamecocks. 24-7 sports right. Shane Beamer's quest to continuing his upward ascension 
at Carolina is challenging given the schedule. Gamecocks open against North Carolina, a team that won the ACC Coastal last year, and they return the best player in the conference, Drake May. Then they go to Georgia in week three for the SEC opener. They travel to Tennessee. They host Clemson. So that's likely three top ten opponents on the schedule. At least the Gamecocks end the year with four home games in November. But what can Shane Beamer do this year? Can they take another step forward? And lastly, coming in at number one, the number one toughest schedule in all of college football this year, 24-7 Sports says it's Ole Miss. I say the only SEC school to play road games against Alabama and Georgia next year. Lane Kiffin might be in for a step back with the Rebels in 2023. The first three games should be wins unless Tulane sneaks up on that Ole Miss defense. Remember, they bring back quarterback Michael Pratt, Coach Willie Fritz. They just beat USC in their bowl game. Not crazy to think they could pull off an upset on Ole Miss week two, but the green wave, uh, that comes in week two. Ole Miss opens SEC play at Alabama, and no team wants that when the bullets start flying in the league play. It's hard it's hard to see a path to a crown in the SEC West for the Rebels with this slate, and that is uh, 24-7 sports. Their most grueling schedules across all of college football, and as you hear there, one, two, three, four, five, six, Six SEC teams all making their list. All right, thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll hit on a couple of SEC baseball nuggets as the tournament Hoover gets underway today and an SEC basketball nugget. That's coming your way in just a sec. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you, and uh, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Want to switch gears real quick and want to talk a little SEC baseball as the tournament. Hoover gets underway today. Again, kind of upset that we're not there. Uh, We'll try to make that trip next year because it is one of the most fun events on the SEC calendar. But as we dive back into it, some SEC baseball nuggets for you. Uh, of course, the uh, postseason baseball awards are out for players and coaches. And uh, LSU cleaning up a little bit. We know they were the uh, number one team in the country for much of the season. LSU's Dylan Cruz, he was named SEC Player of the Year. LSU's Paul Skeens named SEC Pitcher of the Year. Meanwhile, Georgia's Charlie Condon was named the SEC Freshman of the Year. Alabama's Andrew Pinckney. And George's Ben Anderson were the SEC Co-Scholar Athletes of the Year. And Arkansas coach Dave Van Horn named SEC Coach of the Year. So here's a little bit diving into the numbers. Uh, Dylan Cruz leads the conference and is ranked 7th nationally with a 423 batting average with 14 home runs, 57 runs batted in. Uh, he's also the league leader in on-base percentage, runs scored, and he's reached base uh, has a reach base streak of 59 games, which includes all 55 games of this season. So, pretty impressive stuff there from Dylan Cruz. Hard to argue on that. Paul Skeens, by the way, leads the conference in wins with 10, strikeouts with 164, and ERA at 177. He's ranked number two on LSU's all-time single-season strikeouts l- list behind Ben McDonald. He's allowed two or fewer runs in 11 of his 14 starts this season. Look, if you're a fan of an SEC team and you played LSU on a Friday night, or Thursday night, Paul Skeens probably got the best of you. He was that good this year. 
Uh, meanwhile, Condon, he's among the SEC leaders in batting, hits, and RBIs, and his 25 home runs this season is an SEC freshman record. Uh, the Georgia freshman just had an awesome season, so congrats to him. And uh, Dave Van Horn, he led the Razorbacks to their fourth SEC regular season title, second in the last three seasons. Arkansas also won its seventh SEC West Division title under Dave Van Horn and fourth since 2018. So, congrats to all those guys. They did put out the uh, first team All-SEC and just some of the names of note making that list. Jack Caglione uh, for Florida making it at first base. Wyatt Langford, the Florida outfielder. Ethan Petrie at South Carolina. Hagen Smith, Arkansas pitcher. And Hunter Hines from Mississippi State making it as the DH. So, uh, congrats to those guys. Uh, All very well-deserved. And just a uh, quick note on uh, the SEC baseball postseason, D1 baseball, they did their projections prior to the SEC tournament on how many teams the SEC going to get in. They think 10 SEC teams will make the final field of the NCAA tournament and seven teams from the league to be regional host sites. Here's how they break it down. They've got Florida as the number two seed hosting the Gainesville Regional. they got Arkansas as the three seed. LSU as the four seed, and Vanderbilt as the seven seed. So those would all be national uh, seeds that would host regionals, and if they advance and win, they would all host super regionals. Um, I think that's about right. We'll see what happens if Vandy or LSU go one and done in the SEC tournament. Does that hurt them? We'll see. Uh, Following them, they've got Kentucky as a nine seed, so they would host the Lexington Regional, would have to go on the road for a super regional. Auburn as a 12 seed, Alabama as a 14 seed. So, Kentucky, Auburn, and Alabama, they think all of them would host a regional, not a super regional. And then three other SEC teams making the field but having to go on the road. They've got Texas A&M. They got them projected to go to the Austin Regional. Again, anytime we can get Texas A&M versus Texas, let's do it. Uh, they got Tennessee getting in but going to the Coral Gables Regional to go play Miami. That would be tough. And then they've got South Carolina getting in, going to the Coastal Carolina-Conway Regional. So, again, 10 SEC teams projected to make it. We'll see what happens this week. Look, something crazy always happens at the SEC tournament, so we will see. And, by the way, that gets underway today. For those of you listening on Tuesday, Seth Halverson going to make his first Tennessee start today against Texas A&M. He's 2-2 two two with a 396 ERA. He was Missouri's Friday night starter two years ago before he transferred to Tennessee. So, see what he is able to do for the Vols. Today And one uh, quick SEC basketball nugget before we get out of here. Tolu Smith coming back for another season in Starkville. Mississippi State fans should be excited about that. He put up a video on social media saying, see y'all at the hump next November, Hale State. One of the more significant SEC basketball announcements of the offseason. He is a first-team All-SEC center for the Bulldogs, and Chris Jans has to be excited to get him back in for another year of course, some other guys we'll see uh, have a couple days here to withdraw their name from the NBA draft. Oscar Shibway, one of those names we'll keep an eye on and see if he ends up coming back. But, um, again, uh, SEC transfer portal. We've been hitting most of the transfer portal news in football. Can't even keep up with the stuff in basketball. We'll almost just have to do a show later in the year. Just go, hey, let's run through the roster and talk about who's on what teams because there's just been so much movement in basketball. Complete overhaul of some of the rosters in the SEC, and there you have it. That is the latest going on all around the conference. We got you guys all caught up. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And our every day is tomorrow on the show. If we get, I, we got to get to this. ESPN and Bill Connolly, you know, he does all the S, S&P Plus and all the advanced metrics, ranked the top 75 quarterbacks 
to playing college football since 2000. Look, we'll get into tomorrow. He's got Baker Mayfield number one. That's just stupid. Ahead of Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, Joe Burrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the show. You don't want to miss it. This has been Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening and, uh, like we said, making us your first listen every day. Talk to you guys tomorrow.